You are the temple. In today's episode, I am joined by a special guest, Matthew Mitchell, former Division I football player, all-around great guy who has kept himself in amazing physical shape. Mitch and I are going to talk about why we need to embrace resistance in life, why as kingdom-driven men, we need to train not only our spirit, our soul, our mind, but also our body. You need resistance and you are the temple. Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Raising the Standard. This is going to be a great show today. I, I am joined by a special guest, my friend Matthew Mitchell, who I will refer to as Mitch. And before I bring him on and we get right into today's topic, which is You Are the Temple, I want to reference a past episode where I referenced the order of man. We can see very clear in Scripture that we are a three-part being. We are a spirit, soul, and body. God designed us this way, and this is the proper order, and this is the order of man as depicted in the Bible. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul prays a prayer that we would be blessed, spirit, soul, and body in that exact order. Now, the problem that has faced Christians throughout the ages, this is something that Mitch and I are going to discuss and break down for you today, is that many Christians have come to regard the body as not important. And because we are spirits and because we have an eternal spirit that lives within us and we know we have promises in the spiritual realm, many Christians have just forsaken taking care of their body. And they've made everything in Christianity only about focusing on the spiritual realm or maybe the soul realm, your mind, will, and emotions, renewing your mind. But unfortunately, little is being paid attention to when it comes to us taking care of, storing, and managing our body. And the natural realm is not at odds with the spiritual realm. God created the natural world for man to occupy it, inhabit it, and expand within it. And we need to pay attention, we need to store it, and we need to manage our physical bodies. He actually says that we are the temple. So welcome to today's episode, You Are the Temple. I want to introduce Matthew Mitchell, who I will refer to as Mitch. Mitch, welcome to the Very show. Happy to be here, Josh. I'm excited to dive into today's topic. You know, it's important. Body's important. 
I'm so excited you're here, Mitch. You know, you and I have known each other for a while. Mitch is a pillar within the Standard 59 kingdom-driven man community. I met Mitch a few years ago. We actually worked at the same company. I had the opportunity actually to hire him, bring him on, and watch the incredible and explosive favor and growth that has happened in his life. Mitch is also an athlete. He is a former Division I football player. And ever since I met this guy, he has been in great physical shape. Now, I got to tell you, some guys you meet, and even for myself, I have these stories where I go in seasons. I go in an off season. I go in a season where I'm getting bigger. I go in a season where I lean out. Um, and there has been those times in life where just due to pressures and work where I didn't get to the gym as much as I wanted to. And we know a lot of guys fall into that seasonal activity, but Mitch, what I admire about you, and I got to just honor you for this is you've always been in shape. I've never really seen you change, um, since the time I met you. So you got to tell us what's your regimen, what's your routine. We're going to break that down today, but I want to specifically hear from you when it comes to the issue of storting and managing our physical fitness as kingdom men. Yeah, sure. So unfortunately, what we see a lot in the church world is just like you said, right? The, the, the sole focus is just on the spiritual man. But in 1 Timothy 4, 8, you know, we're told that physical training is good. It profits little. It, doesn't, it does not say that physical training profits us none or not at all or that it's no good. But the spiritual training is better right? because it's lasting. It, it, it lasts for eternity. But it's balance, right? We need to be physically training our bodies as well because it's on loan from the Lord, right? It's, it, it's, it's the temple. Our body is not our own. So we should be investing time and energy into keeping our bodies well so that we can sustain the long walk that we have here on this planet. Yeah. You know, I love that verse because Paul is talking to his mentee, um, Timothy, and he's telling him exercise towards godliness. And that word exercise is really interesting because um, if you look at the context of the New Testament, Paul has many metaphors, many references, and draws a lot of analogy between the Roman games that were happening and the current events and the spiritual disciplines of a Christian. And when he says exercise towards godliness, he's speaking about that word actually comes from the root word of where we get the word gym from or gymnasium. And he's speaking about a physical regimen that Timothy would have been acquainted with. This was the physical regimen of the athletes that were competing in the elite Roman games. And it was incredible discipline. So when he says discipline yourself towards godliness, he's referencing spiritual disciplines. And I know many Christians have used that verse to say, see, exercise profits little. That's not exactly what Paul is saying there. He's saying this is the priority to focus on your spiritual fitness, but there is a profit to exercise. There is a profit to fitness. And let's dive into that a little bit more because obviously within the church world, some of this stuff has just been abandoned. There's, you know, what I find is kind of two sets of guys, um, especially when we talk about guys in the kingdom, kingdom driven men. They're either, they just relinquished this part of their walk and they don't focus on their fitness, their, their energy management at all. They just gave up on it. There's not enough time or the pressures of life. Um, they were the one-time athletes. They got a lot of stories, but if you look at them today, <laughs> they're not really living that life, that disciplined lifestyle in the physical realm anymore. And then there's the other guys um, which go after it. And sometimes they're a little bit out of balance because it's easy to get out of balance 
and make fitness such a priority where you become infatuated with the way you look or your competition lifts or what you're doing or exactly what your your domain of physical fitness that you're attracted to is yeah so when when we look at that verse that you're talking about and it said uh that it profits little and how people just abandon it they see it profits little i'm not going to take any time to do it i don't know anyone that if it came to their investments they said if someone told them they're going to get a little bit of profit they would say well no i don't want any profit at all they're going to take that profit so when we're thinking about how it profits us little it's in comparison to the investment in our our spiritual training, right? Because our bodies are withering away. But however, while we're here, there is profit to investing time and energy into our physical self, watching what we eat, managing what we eat. If we want to endure long-term, we have to watch what we eat. We can't completely uh, abandon it. it. It's back to what you said before. It's about balance. You go too far the other direction, then that can lead to pride. That can lead to the whole web of sins that can invade our lives, invade our hearts, invade our minds. And then you start to think you're better than everyone else. It, it takes you down a really bad path. And then you completely abandon your your spiritual training. They are both equally important. And one of the worst ways that we see this happen, I think one of them is that we, and some of our church leaders are our pastors. We find that they're not taking that approach in their physical training and it shortens really their ability to be able to minister for a long, a long period of time. And sometimes their life is, is cut short as a result of it. And then as others looking to them, it, it's kind of becomes a stumbling block, right? It, it becomes an example that people are following and it's a bit of a stumbling block. So again, it's just really about balancing the two, right? You've got to invest, you've got to go hard in the gym. You've got to go hard in your spiritual training as well. Yeah. Wow. There's so much there. You know, I totally agree with you. Today's current ministers, and not all of them, we don't want to paint them all with this brush, but it is a generalization within Christianity that because we give up a lifestyle of sin, because we're giving up anything that gives us immediate gratification of our flesh, of the things that feel good and taste good, you know, we have this awesome well of spiritual richness and wealth to draw from, but we still live in a flesh and blood body and we still have appetites of the flesh. And we, through discipline, we learn how to control and we learn how to turn over and cooperate with the will of God for our lives. And it's a great life. I don't want to paint this picture that following the Lord in all aspects of our life is a burden. It's not a burden at all. But what I do see, and I have the same observation, that many Christians, they find an outlet through food. And, you know, food is great. And I love enjoying meals. I love food. I love going out to eat. Um, I like all different kinds of food. So there's nothing wrong with that. But there is a line that we can cross where we go from enjoyment and sense of community and sense of fellowship into um, gluttony, into overeating, into going way beyond where we should and that happens a little at a time. And then we end up looking in the mirror. We see an expanded waistline. And then we have a bunch of health problems that go along with it. Um, what are your thoughts on that as you see this and you know, food being the central place or outlet where many Christians go to for comfort or to run away from the pressures of the day? I like to think about that specifically in terms of how we learn about the spiritual gifts, right? Like self-control is one of the spiritual gifts. And we are not executing on that spiritual gift of self-control. We have the Holy Spirit within us, right? And 
we should be exercising self-control. And unfortunately, what we find is that when we, let's say, for example, you have someone who came out of a, an addiction that had to do with drugs, that addiction then shifts, right? They said they're not diving into the addiction that had to do with drugs or um, promiscuity, but now it shifts to the food. And then, you know, you really lose that self-control. It's a shift of self-control, right? You've lost, you, had, you didn't have self-control in one, now you don't have self-control another and then it just becomes cyclical and uh just like you i love food we we many great things happen over breaking bread with one another but there's a line and you cross that line enough times it's like the same thing with with, with alcohol right you know you have too much alcohol you cross the line right and things get out of control uh but yeah it, we're called to manage that we're called we're called to have self-control well, you know what's really interesting because if anyone's listening to this, like we are not attacking food, nope, meals, fellowship, or fun. We yep. love those things. You know, Mitch, you and I have shared many right. meals together, and uh, we've enjoyed yep. every single one of them. And uh, we'll have That's many right. more in the future. And and my point there is, if we look at the life of Jesus, he constantly was celebrating with food. You know, he gathered his disciples. His first miracle was at a wedding. Um, the last formal gathering of his disciples is the Last Supper. So we see that Jesus was constantly in a celebration environment with the people he loved when he was ministering to people. Um, and we also see that he refers to himself with analogies to food because food is so important to our sustenance and our nutrition, where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am living water. And he makes all these analogies of what's accessible and available to us in the spirit realm to the natural nutrients we rely on. So it's really powerful when you see what the Lord wants to, to give us, how he nourishes us, and how he draws those conclusions. And Mitch, you know, you said some incredibly powerful things there in terms of we have these outlets for our body and people are trying to fill an outlet. But one thing I see in scripture is there's a couple different sins and there's sins specifically which have to do with our body. And we're talking about overeating, indulging, and going way beyond where we should go in a meal. And that's known as gluttony and just taking too much in. And we also see the sin of laziness and we see sexual sins that you reference. And these sins all have to do with our body. When we think about that, right? Like the Lord makes it very clear that there are many sins, right? But the sins against the body are the ones that you see very easily and very quickly, right? Like if we take sexual sin off the table, right? The evidence of that might not show up right away. But someone who is gluttonous, someone who is lazy, right? Those show up right away. And then in, in some cases, you can begin to question the discipline, the true discipline that that individual has in their life. And don't get me wrong. There are many people who struggle with trying to manage their weight. And they're really putting in an effort to try and figure out how to do it. It's, they just need a different way to go. But laziness is very easy to see. Um, someone who is gluttonous, that's very easy to see as well. And it's easy to do because food's good. God made food <laughs> for us to enjoy it. But it's also at the same time, very easy to, to, again, cross that line, go overboard. Just have to be mindful and just, you know, kind of back to what you were saying about Jesus. I mean, when he fed the 5,000, which was really 10,000, right? Let's call it that. It was over food. Like one of the greatest miracles that he had done was over food. So uh, it, it's definitely important to the Lord, uh, which should be important to us. We need it. It's necessary for us to have endurance 
for us to manage our energy. And uh, it's just so many different directions we can go around that. You know, on last week's episode, I talked about some roles that the Lord calls us into. And one of the things that I shared is that we are called as participants. We're really, if we look at that word disciple and we break it down, it's an active learner and an active participant. And we know that we co-labor with the Lord. We work with him and we're invited into the family business. That's a way we can think about our call and our position with the Lord, that we have a work to do. He prayed that the Lord would send more workers into the harvest, and we have a work to do. We're called to do a work. That work is going to take energy, and we participate with him. And with that comes endurance. We need to have endurance and energy management. You made a statement a little while ago, and I've seen this before as well. There's been many great men and women of God who have walked before us, powerful ministries, you know, ministries that literally changed people's lives and left and left a mark on the history of the world. And many of those people have left us, I would say, possibly before their time because they did not steward their bodies well, and they did not last to the degree or to the length that they were supposed to go because we didn't have the knowledge at the time, or they didn't take care of themselves, or they focused so much on their ministry, their work, that they neglected the physical management and stewardship of their body. Which brings me to the next point. And I said all that to say this, that as we are men in the kingdom, one of the shifts that we need to make is that we now become stewards of everything God places in our hands. We realize that we don't truly own anything. You know, if you, you've had an incredible career, I've been blessed to have multiple promotions and a lot of different jobs, responsibilities and increases in pay. And I also realized that, yes, I put effort in and I'm diligent with what I do, but really God provided and he expands our influence and I become, and you become a steward of the resources he lets flows through our hands. So I want to talk to you a little bit about our responsibility when it comes to stewardship of the body, the natural shell, this natural body, which the Bible also refers to yeah. as the temple. So let's, I mean, our body is temporal, right? So we can even use this in terms of the things that we are loaned, right? Like our homes, cars, boats, whatever the toys are that you enjoy. None of them are our own, right? They were gifts that are given to us. I'll just use a car or cars for as an, as an example, because I like cars. I wash my cars, I wax them, change the oil, I buy little special parts and special wipes to take care of it because I want to make it last long. I want to keep it looking good. It is the same thing when it comes to our body. We need to take the time to put the right foods in it, to exercise and make sure that it looks well, that it lasts a long time because just like that car is not ours, right? Even after we've paid it off, right? It's on loan, right? Because the Lord gave it to us. Our bodies are not our own, right? So we need to be good stewards of this body that we were given so we can maximize the role that the Lord has given us to play in this world. You know, he says, take his burden on for his yoke is easy. And a yoke is not light, right? Like physically it's not light. So there's a responsibility that you are carrying. It's just that you're not carrying it alone because he's really brunting the load, but it's still a yoke. You need energy. You need strength. You need to be able to think clearly. And all of those things are tied to uh, our body. Yeah. And let's just get really practical with this because you have young kids. You actually have one on the way. I have young kids and I'm not young. I have, I'm in my mid forties now and I need energy. You know, I'm noticing with every decade things shift a little bit. Um, I'm not 
the same person as I was when I was in my 20s. And so I am staying young. I mean, I feel great right now, but I put the work in so I can have that energy. I have to be very intentional and diligent with how I train and what I eat because I plan on being here for a while and I plan on being the best dad and the best father I can be. And I think about my kids, man, they can wear me (laughs) out. So practically speaking, let's just talk to the guys right now listening. Like we need to take care of ourselves because we need to be there for our families, you know, from the, from our children perspective, but also as the protectors, uh, as the protectors of our household and our family. And we live in some crazy times right now. Would you agree with that? you know, it's funny you, you say that. So when our when we try to teach our children something through telling them, it goes in one ear and out the other. They're watching us every single day, right? A lot more is caught than taught. So when we execute on that discipline, when we're exercising, right, and watching what we eat, all of those things that help us manage our body, well, our kids will then begin to pick those things up. Uh, and hopefully they begin to live out that example, right? We're called to leave that legacy behind. We're called to leave that really as an inheritance, uh, to them. And I tell you what, man, if I didn't exercise, I can tell you right now, I would not be able to do most of the things that I'm able to do with my family, right? We, I wouldn't be able to protect my family. How could I confidently say that if God forbid we were in an emergency and I need to drag my family out of the house, I'll just use myself as a personal example. So uh, my house got flooded, right? And uh, during Hurricane Ida, and I'm fine, everything's fine. But I had to physically carry my family one by one out of my home to my car through water to get them out. Like, had I not physically trained consistently over these many years of my life, I'm approaching 40, Josh, I'm right there along with you. Um, I can't say that I would have been able to do that. So uh, again, it's just as, as protectors of our home and of our family, it's, it's critically important. We owe it to our family to, to keep it tight, for lack of a better way to say it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what else is great about um, about engaging in a disciplined activity, a disciplined lifestyle where we put a priority and an emphasis on maintaining the physical realm is that it pays dividends in so many ways, right? We not only get a clean bill of health, we also, because we put the time in, you know, and I've been doing this since I was a teenager. You know, I, I remember the exact year um, when I bought my first muscle and fitness magazine, Arnold was on the cover. It was the year Total Recall just came That's out. Right. So it's back in like 1992. And, um, you know, I've been in this game for a while. And it has paid dividends to stick with a resistance training program because now that I've built my body and now that I've accumulated muscle mass, there's so many health benefits that go with that and it don't have to start from scratch right now. So definitely starting younger and starting earlier is the way to go. But if there's guys listening right now and you don't train and you're thinking about exercising or you're thinking about, you know, getting back into the game because, you know, you were on the bench for so long and it's been since high school, the last time you touched a weight, like now's the day, like today's the day to get back into it and start taking care of yourself. And, you know, we also know, you know, COVID hit in 2020. Right. And we know the people that suffered the greatest were people that were out of shape. And because we were in shape and because men who were able to store their physical fitness well, and obviously there's anomalies, there's always one offs, and there's people with all sorts of different underlying conditions. So, in no way, shape, or form are we attacking or coming against anyone that hasn't been doing an exercise routine regularly. I just want to point out there's so many benefits. There's benefits to your health, but there's benefits to your spirit and your soul, that mind, will, and emotion realm of man as well. Yeah. So they, uh, you know, there's a quote that I read by 
Charles Spurgeon, who really, you know, he didn't have the same information then that we do now about physical fitness and taking care of ourselves. I thought it was it was awesome. I have it uh, just to the side right here. And he said, you know, our, your body was a willing horse when it was in the service of the devil. Let it not be a sluggish hack now that it draws the chariot of Christ. I thought that was an awesome quote. right? And, you know, Charles Spurgeon, again, didn't have the same information we have right now. But that's so it's so perfect. Yeah. But, these, you know, we talk about these old time ministers. They had rigor right? They had this intensity about serving the Lord and they didn't let other things stop them. So I love the spirit of that quote and the energy and intensity behind it. Now, you know, as we start to land the plane on this conversation, Mitch, I want to share personally that what I love about training, and I'm asking guys who are listening to this, if you are not training, we're going to talk about a couple different things you can do, how you can get started. But now's the time to get started because I believe, and I can say personally for my own life, and I want to hear what you have to say on this too, Mitch, that the spiritual realm is connected with the natural realm. You know, when God created Adam and Eve and he, he created us, right? He created us and formed us from dust. So we're made of earth materials, but then he breathes his spirit within us and we become a living soul. But we're this tripartite being and we're not against the natural. We're not in a fight with the natural realm. This is the body the Lord has given us. We live in this world, even though it's suffered the effect and the consequences of the fall, it still is a natural realm that the Lord created and we shouldn't abandon it. We shouldn't just give it up. But where I really want to go with this is that the way you do one thing, is the way you do everything. And I find this so true with my spiritual walk. So guys, when I talk about training, someone might say, ah, it's superficial, or what are you doing? Or you're too focused on that. We do got to keep things in balance. However, the way I train in the gym is a reflection of how I live my life. It's a metaphor for life because we have to push, we have to pull. We have to grind, right? We have to dig deep. We got to throw up more reps when we don't feel like it. And guess what? I don't feel like going to the gym every day, but I still go because I've disciplined my body. And we have that verse from the Apostle Paul where he says, I make my body my slave. So there's something in this man's life where he's putting down the natural gratification of his flesh, the things that feel good in the moment, sleeping in, eating out eating in excess, doing things that are, you know, would lead us towards laziness or putting off hard work when we should be doing that in the moment. And it's the same principles at work in the gym. Yeah. The, you gotta, you, you gotta go when you don't want to go. And for somebody that's just starting out, right. I know we're, we're coming to the close of this thing here, Josh, the best way to start is by starting now. Don't wait for next month. Don't think you got to go in the gym and try to be Arnold in day one. Just start with a 20-minute walk. Start with a 20-minute walk today. Maybe two days later, you do another 20-minute walk. Start somewhere. You don't have to go and be as sometimes over-intense as I am when I, when I go to work out, right? I've been doing this a long time. I can do that. But it's better to start somewhere small than to not start at all. Yeah, well, let's 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 talk about what guys can do because Mitch, um, I've tried to rescue you many times from the cult, which is CrossFit, <laughs> and to no avail, to oh. no avail. But I will say, um, Mitch, you are in phenomenal shape. It obviously works for you, and you are not a crazy CrossFitter. <laughs> I take that back. You are very well balanced. You've never tried to convert me or get me on the latest bandwagon, <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not for everybody. 
You know, I always tell folks, look, I, it's my choice of <laughs> torture, right? Um, and go try it. If you hate it, don't go back. So Mitch, you love CrossFit. So what was it that actually attracted you to CrossFit? And why, why was that your, your, I guess you can call it a sport. Why was that your lifting regimen of yeah, choice? It's, it's, it's competitive, right? I have a competitive nature. Uh, as Josh alluded to earlier, I, I played, uh, I was fortunate enough, I should say, to play a collegiate sport in college, play football, and I was really craving competition. So when I saw that uh, for the first time, I thought, wow, I could do that, and I get to compete with people at the same time. So that's what that's what attracted me to it. And you know, I love the challenge that it brings every single time. There's something new for me to try and get better at and maybe be better than the guy next to me, but at the same time, then I'm trying to be better than the guy next to me. We're also encouraging one another too. So you get that team atmosphere too. That's awesome. Well, you know, I actually, in my older age, I've adopted many different workouts and I've taken on more metabolic conditioning routines. It's not my full mainstream that I always go to, but I definitely have thrown them in the rotation. And I know there was a couple of times where I sent you a snapshot or a picture of this is my workout for today. And you're like, man, that looks like CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> slowly turn on one a little bit at a time a little bit of time we'll work it out of time yeah it, it it is fun i like that style of training i definitely like it uh, but here's where i'll leave it I, i'm more of a traditional bodybuilder background um i love moving weights i love being in the gym and i do go faster pace with less rest periods in between especially as i get older but here's what i will tell any man who's listening you know walking's great Running is great. Um, I appreciate aerobic activity. You know, I have a Peloton. I use it every once in a while. I probably should use it more. But at the end of the day, I want to see men embrace resistance. So this is where Mitch and I, whether you choose CrossFit, whether you join a gym, um, whether you get some equipment and throw it in your basement, what you want to do is embrace resistance. There's something about anaerobic training and pushing and digging deep and forcing and maxing out, which draws those parallels to the way we live our life and the way we go after things. So I will say this. All men need resistance. And that goes for resistance training in the natural. And that goes for resistance in the way we live our life because we need to know how to embrace it, how to get uncomfortable, and how to overcome yeah, no it. No pressure, no diamonds. Well, I want to thank Mitch for joining us today. What a great conversation. Guys, let us know your thoughts. You can email me. You can reach us at standard59.com or find me at Kingdom Athlete on social media. Until the next episode, let's get after it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.